Welcome to Effed Up Successes, the weekly creative entrepreneur's podcast about failing upwards and navigating the journey of authentic growth. If I press the record button, girl. Girl, you got this. Oh, are we recording right now? Oh. Hey. Hey. Hello, everybody. Good thing you weren't recording five minutes prior. No, we didn't talk about anything weird. I think we talk about more raunchy stuff. Well, I talk about more raunchy stuff on this podcast than off. Mm-hmm. Uh, gotta keep it interesting. What are we if not entertaining, right? That's right. Um, hey guys, welcome. Welcome to this podcast. This is Effed Up Successes. And we're a weekly podcast where we talk about failing upwards and all of the sloppy, silly, crazy situations you get yourself into before you step into your greatness. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Rachel. And next to me, this lovely... Silken goddess, Linny. You're always so kind. I'm Linny. Hello. I'm really not a kind person. She, she is. Only day animals. She lies. Only day That's animals. Um, so what do you want to talk about today, Linny? Uh, so today is a, I mean, it's it's a good, I'm going to say this every time. We're going to be like, oh my God, I bet Linny's going to say the same thing every time. <laughs> um, so we are talking about a very important. It is very important. <laughs> very important topic. Um, approaching burnout and how to recognize Ooh, I'm triggered. that you're a Triggered. Trigger, trigger warning. Um, and how to know when you're approaching it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is something that, uh, you know, Rachel and I, I think most entrepreneurs, you're going to face it at some point in your career, probably yeah. multiple points in mm-hmm. your career. Especially if you're constantly growing. That's right. Um, definitely burnout kind of is associated with, with growth and mm-hmm. maybe growing too fast. Um, so, you know, at, at first I think you may not see it, but this is still something that's worth listening to, um, listening about because it will most likely affect you. Yeah. And yeah. And a, a big disclaimer on that too, when you're brand new, we were just talking about this off, off mic, um, when you're new, you probably are not going to be experiencing too much burnout because I think that the enthusiasm and the adrenaline of starting a new company kind of gets you through. You also, I think, are much more able to pace yourself at mm-hmm. the beginning because you don't have a ton of clients. You don't right. have a lot of demand. You're not like, you're not really full-time when you first start this industry, right? right? So this is mostly for probably our, our peers. People have been in this industry for a few years. Um, maybe you're approaching a big anniversary. Maybe you just have gotten to this point where you are just really taking on a ton of work. And um, the, the burnout is real, my friends. Especially if you're in the wedding industry, I, I think you probably have dealt with that. Um, sometimes once a year like I know towards the end of the year sometimes if I don't take care of myself the right way I oh my goodness the end of absolutely the end of fall wedding like season a shell of a person counting down point. the days the holidays come and I'm just dead inside and right. I'm like oh what is joy Jesus <laughs> oh my god literally welcome to our inspirational motivational podcast nihilism mm-hmm. podcast mm-hmm. yeah that's me so, you know, burnout is a big thing really, I think, in any creative industry, um, especially when you are like a sole proprietor, if you're yes. working for yourself, mm-hmm. if you don't have anybody to, sh- to share that workload with. Or if you have a full-time job and you're doing this as a side hustle, or Absolutely. if you have children, or whatever, it doesn't, it, burnout I think affects everybody differently, and it doesn't mm-hmm. affect just one particular type of person that's like working 12-hour days. It's also, guys, not, it's not cute. It's not something to be admired. Right. I think that a lot of people, like, it, it, we have to definitely talk about with this topic, in America, specifically, I know of, I'm sure it's rampant throughout the rest of the world as well, but being being like so 
busy, you're exhausted is almost like the new cool thing, right? Like, we, like we were just talking, we just went to Shoes, Cup and Cork down the street, cute little cafe. And, and um, I was like, yeah, can I get a latte with like extra shots of espresso? And they were like, well, it already comes with four shots. And I was like, yeah, that's okay. And you were like, what are you doing? And I was like, I need, I operate on eight shots of espresso every day. And I, th- I think that that's like normal thing. It's not. I'm surprised. It's not a normal thing. Her heart hasn't it, her set up her chest. It will stop. Hopefully we'll catch it on the podcast that moment that I expire. It'll be a good, great, great radio. <laughs> that's right. Um, it's like a vampire from True Blood when you, have you, do you watch that? Are you kidding? Are you <gasps> kidding? Are you kidding? Wait, kidding? can we talk about our Alexander Skarsgård vampire uh, Eric? Um, I don't love them. a blonde, but dear God. I know. I have some, <sighs> a bad taste in my mouth too of my exes, mm. like growing up exes. Like I've been with my Oh, I forever. just have I'm never liked blonde. blonde men. Sorry to all the beautiful blonde men out there. It's just not my type. Most of but... you are not, you don't really exist. <laughs> Sorry. But, but Alexander Skarsgård, number one. I would eat all my meals off of his stomach. He is 6'4". Mm. I... Uh, want to climb him like a tree. I mean... A jungle gym. Oh, yes, girl. And the the top of his butt is six out of his pants. You guys, if you haven't watched True Blood, this is where it all unravels. Now is the time. I like to think that our our hero, Martha Stewart, is also a fan of True Blood. Yes. And probably... She would probably say the same exact things about him. Like, I could wash my laundry on his body. Oh, God. I could do many things on his body. Ugh. Back to burnout. Back to reality. For um, now. Yeah. Well, how do we get here? How do we get to this place? What? True Blood? You talked about exploding all over the podcast oh, lounge. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's where we were. Got it. Wow, how quickly things changed a couple minutes. Um, no, but so, so the, the whole thing was I was like, yeah, I, I exist off of eight shots of espresso every day pretty normally. Um, and you're like, what? That is so unhealthy, which it is. And, and in my defense lately, I've been traveling a lot and had a lot of events, so I've been trying to survive. But... Um, truthfully, it's not, it's not cool to have to like go from uppers and downers. And I mean like coffee during the daytime, wine or bourbon at nighttime to kind of help me sleep. It's, it's not a good thing. Right. I think, oh, sorry, not to interject. No, I think too, like as you were saying, I think it's glamorized in America. It is. To and be, that's, that's my yeah, point. Yeah. To be it seems so popular. Busy, but also like, because people equate being busy with being, being successful. Right, and that is not, is true. not the case at it's all. It's not true. If you were successful, you know how to manage your time. You yeah. know how to manage your projects. I could go out into this parking lot and play like stickball with a hula hoop or a ball. I don't actually know how to play stickball, but I could do that for hours. And people could be like, hey, what are you doing? Can we go get dinner? And I could be like, no, I'm busy. Right. And I'm really exhausted playing fucking stickball. Right. That doesn't mean I'm actually successful. That right. doesn't mean that I'm actually doing anything that makes any sense. It doesn't mean it's a good, a, a good like, way to spend my time. Just being busy is not something. And, and honestly, from a planner's perspective, if I have a client that's like, or not a client, if I have a, a creative partner that I want to work with that's like, oh, I'm so busy, I'm sorry, like, I just have to get through this before I talk to you about this client, and like, oh, we have like 300 weddings, and I just can't. I don't want to send my clients to you right? because I don't want you to give them half, you know, half work. What is that? That oh, I really hope also, if you're listening to this and you do not like Parks and Rec, you can just stop listening. You can fuck right off. Thank you. Amen. So what does Ron Swanson say? He says, never whole ass, or wait, never half ass two things, whole ass one, one thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. So Ron I think, Swanson's also full of great yeah. motivation. Oh my parts. God. Let's just play him on repeat. Yeah. But yeah. I think too, like, I think we just have, as a society have gotten so, I don't know, wrapped up in mm-hmm. not pretending that we're busy, but like 
No, I think that's I think that's pretty accurate. I think people do, you know, the, the sometimes people are doing something that could take 20 minutes and it takes them two hours, right. and they think that because they've been busy for two hours, they're being productive, and that's right. 100% not the case. Yeah, so I think we're just, we over, I don't know, we oversell being busy as a good thing. I, I don't yeah. think that's yeah. true, Agreed. and I think that's why, as a nation, we are leading to, you know, such high numbers of, of having people that have burnouts. I think... It's important to note the differences between maybe being burned out, just being a little overwhelmed at what you're doing, and then also this just maybe not being the right path for you. It's just not not the road that you're supposed to be on. Um, and I think that there's there's a number of ways to figure that out. I think that you have to kind of be self-aware and take a step back and know, oh, wait, here's, here's a moment that um, something else in my life is a little bit more important than this. And my current path is not to be doing this thing. And, you know, knowing that you don't have to step away and end it entirely doesn't need to be like that hardcore stop. Um, you can take a step back and then you can come back later. I think the timing of things is very important to know. And I know that you had obviously a very intense story um, when it came to your business and then having Finn and I know you had a difficult pregnancy and I'd love to, you know, whatever you feel like sharing about that. I'd love to sure. hear you know, um, about that. Sure. So I, I, I would like to say I was attacked by burnout. It wasn't something that like approached me. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It didn't sneak in. It was just, you know, it was, it was like yeah. a ninja. Um, it's like so a drop bear. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Were we talking about koalas earlier? Not on the podcast. We were. We were off, talking about koalas and the noise. We had a lot of really good conversations off topic. We do. We should just record ourselves always. We're just going to always record ourselves <laughs> in like a Truman Show. It's fine. Yeah. So, oh gosh, the Truman Show, that movie mm-hmm. fucks me up, man. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, my, I had kind of an une- unexpected burnout. Um. It wasn't something that I knew was coming. I, um, I had a lot of stuff hit me all at once. So my business was, it was probably my best year of my business. I had really incredible, fantastic clients. Um, I was able to be really creative with them, create these really fun, exciting kind of, you know, new for, not new for me, but like really exciting, big, um, detail projects. And all of the clients that I was working with were like ideal clients for me. I was kind of finally in my sweet spot with my business. Um, and I was pregnant and, uh, I, I ended up with something called hyperemesis, which I'm sure if any of you follow along, um, with princess Kate, um, or I guess Duchess Kate, I'm Dutch, sorry. Yeah, excuse <gasps> me, Duchess. How Duchess dare Kate, you? how dare me? Don't call it, I don't even know the difference. Oh, I don't know. Is Duchess like your... The Duke, like Duke and Duchess. Duke and Duchess. Well, but what's the technical term, like, what is Duchess versus princess? Like, princess is you're born into the royal family? Is Duchess like no, you're married I think, into? I don't know. I what think does it's it mean to be Duchess? Here's Google. Well, on live, live science or LiveScience.com, it says a Duchess is the wife or widow of a duke or a woman who equally holds the rank of duke in her own right. That's According to the yeah. index to main families, persons, places, and subjects, and Eagles Notes and Queries. Yeah, look, I'm John really C. sorry. Francis I'm sure you're probably not listening. Duchess Cake. Cake. Duchess cake. Duchess cake is my favorite Duchess. <laughs> really hungry. Wait, isn't that a thing? Duchess cake. No, little Debbie. She should be. She, we should change. We should shut them down and start a new rival, like mini cake. I thought you were going to talk about like the Swedish princess cake. Duchess cake. cake. <laughs> Duchess cake company. Duchess cake. What? 
Well, that could have been your bakery if you had kept on that. Shit. All right. Change of plans, guys. We're gotta switching go. gears go. again. I'm going to go do that again. <laughs> anyway, so I was having this really, really good year, and I had hyperemesis um, with my pregnancy starting at, like, five weeks in. Um, and that lasted not even kidding until, like, eight and a half months. So most people get through their, their morning sickness period within the first trimester. That was not the case for me. I was sick all day long, nauseous all day long until, like, the maybe the middle of my, my eighth month, um, on medication for it, lost like 10 pounds when I was pregnant, really sick. And then I also, um, had something called pubic symphysis disorder, which is, um, normally when you get pregnant, as you near kind of the end of your pregnancy, your joints loosen up, you have a hormone that helps prepare you, um, prepare your joints to kind of relax during labor. Mine hit early at five months. So, um, I actually had severe, um, dislocation of my, my pubic bone. Um, so lovely to talk about. So basically I couldn't walk. So any, uh, any work I was doing, I had to recover for days, um, like in bed, couldn't move. Like I would t- turn on my side and like my pubic bone would pop. It was just disgusting. Yikes. Yeah. It was, I was really nasty. Pretty much just a zombie. You know what's really weird? Hmm. You have a skeleton inside of your body right now. Yeah. But I had two and I was pregnant. Ugh. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> That's <was> even weirder. <laughs> It's crazy. I'm barely okay with the fact that there's a one skeleton inside of me <laughs> right now at all times. Skeletons. Skellies. Skulls. So anyways, I was really sick. So my, my hyperemesis threw me for a loop. I got really depressed. I actually had something, you don't hear about it, but pre, pre-birth depression. Um, wow, didn't yeah. want to work. And so it was like this instantaneous um, onset of burnout. Um, also when my son was born, he had a, a pediatric stroke, um, ended up in the NICU. Um, and my, my whole world changed as it does when you have a child, but when mm-hmm. you have a child that has medical yeah. injuries, um, that puts things, you know, on hold. I also feel like we're just now kind of coming to the point where we talk about how severe issues with birth are. Like, I don't, I don't know what the statistics are, but I know that the, like, America is like we have high one of the highest rates of like women dying in childbirth yes, of the do. developed countries, which yep. is like sorry, what are yeah. you, what's happening here? And we're just now kind of talking about mm-hmm. females' health and their mm-hmm. reproduction systems stuff like that. So where, you know, even ten years ago, it was just like yeah, somebody like you know they had a rough birth. Wait a minute, let's let's unpack that. That's not right. like that's not just like oh yeah, she had a rough birth, whatever, and here's the baby. Like right. these are serious life altering things that are yeah. happening to people, and we're I think we're just now kind of talking about right. Them. And I think too we're seeing it more because we have more women entrepreneurs that are like yes talking oh, about we're like allowed to vote now, but yeah. don't worry, that'll be gone soon too. Soon enough, soon enough, you can say goodbye to your voting rights. Mm-hmm. No, so you know I think we're seeing more and more about you know women talking about their I, struggles. I also just just for the record, I. Thought thought that we should own men and I put that out there I believe and nobody like brother husbands I've preached this before brother husbands it's like sister wives but it's reverse and I'm just saying when we get to that point where I I know we talked about Alexander Skarsgård can we we bring him back into this conversation oh he's absolutely I think he's brother husband (laughs) yeah he'd be I think like my Tuesday Okay, just yeah. on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'd probably bring him back for the weekend, too, but, like, he seems like a good Tuesday husband. Yeah, you I know? can see that. Sit down, nice dinner, <sighs> other things. Anyway. Did you watch Big Little Lies? No, I know he's on there. <laughs> Doesn't he get killed? Oh, spoilers. Wow, Lenny. <gasps> wow. No, it's been a couple years now. I think I haven't seen it at this okay. point. He plays, like, not a good Oh, no. Guy. But him and Nicole Kidman... 
Oof. I don't I know have, how I feel about I that. I have some moments, though, where I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I get it. So, mm-hmm. welcome to the Alexander Skarsgård. Welcome to the Alexander Skarsgård fan fiction podcast. podcast. I'm going to tell you all of the <laughs> fantasies I've had about Alexander Skarsgård. Welcome. Yeah. Take a seat. Well, so have a drink. Yeah, lots of Please, drinks. Please, you're going to need a lot of drinks for this podcast. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I literally hijacked your my really tumultuous no, 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 pregnancy good. story to talk about Leave how me. much of a lady boner I have for Alexander's first It was me dead. Lady boners. Unite. Be gone. Okay. Be gone, thought. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Probably be gone, not unite. <laughs> or unite. In or unite. Whatever, we'll talk about that later. Whatever Come, your Send us an is. email about whatever that. Whatever your kink yeah. is. So, yeah, so I had a really difficult pregnancy, um, and then my son had problems, and, you know, I had a hard time even thinking about working every sure. day. I was sick all the time. I had all of these weddings. I can't even imagine having a nine-to-five job no. with that, let alone running a company. No. I mean, I was, like, time. vomiting in parking lots, like, before weddings <sighs> and before she Like, it was oh, bad. And, rough. um... Like, I ended up having to have, like, little vomit bags with me. It's, I don't want to get, Lenny again, vomiting. Lenny loves to vomit. Apparently. She Apparently it's the, my thing. She's the baking soda to my grease fire. That's right. The vomit baking soda. Fantastic. <laughs> I bet if you vomit on a grease fire, it'll also put it out. Wow. Maybe we'll have to find we'll out. To, <laughs> next time I'm flaming into into uh, an existential crisis. Yeah. I'm sorry. Vomit on if me. If you're still there, I promise. <laughs> For all the people that came on board for the Alexander Skarsgård podcast, it's going to be a (laughs) wild ride. (laughs) So, okay, well, so I was really sick. I didn't want to deal with a lot of stuff. I had these Mm -hmm. fantastic clients I couldn't let down. But dealing with a newborn who was high needs, dealing with not feeling good, dealing with clients that who were very sympathetic. I had really great clients who understood that I was going through a lot. I did have a couple that were not great. Um, which of course mm. attributed that to that. Sucks. Yeah. Yeah. People are, people can be really shitty. Yeah, um, they really can. So I, I kind of shut down and mm-hmm. I, I had a really hard time, um, finishing out the year. Um, I did the best that I could as a new mother, um, who was, if I can be perfectly handed, um, at dealing with PTSD from mm-hmm. my child almost mm-hmm. dying. Yeah, um, of course. Like I mean, I can <laughs> Actually, Absolutely. nobody, nobody yeah. talks about that. And no, yeah. it's um, like NICU PTSD, birth mm. injury. Like a PTSD is a real thing and people it's don't terrifying. talk about it. terrifying, yeah. Um, you know, women are just supposed to be like, oh, yeah. you carry this yeah, baby, Yeah, because we, we are the stronger sex. Yeah, Again, course. welcome to my podcast, <laughs> Women Owning Men. Um, yeah, no, it, yeah. I think that's so true, though. Like, we go through these horribly traumatic experiences and society in general as a whole expects us to just jump right back up on the horse and keep on going and it's like no there was a really really seriously devastating thing that I have to unpack and deal with and I'm not ready to just jump back in the saddle and when you're owning your own business like guess what you don't really get maternity leave you don't really get no you don't you don't get to turn it off right like you still are expected to be available Mm -hmm. so I had like this instantaneous burnout mm-hmm. um like I was counting down my wedding like one sure. by one like mm-hmm. it was like a new year's mm-hmm. clock right like I was just like okay finally I have some peace where I can just focus on like taking care of myself and taking mm-hmm. care of my son and like I don't give a shit about <laughs> this person's cake flavor or mm-hmm. where you know their favors are gonna go like I don't care yeah. about that stuff yeah and you're numb to it because you've got some really important stuff going and on so I guess the moral of the story here is I was able to use this time, um, 
you know, so, and, well, I should say that I, I actually missed out on a lot of um, bookings for the following year because I was so focused on... Mm-hmm. This is your en- engagement season. Engagement mm-hmm. season. Um, so engagement season, for those of you in uh, the wedding industry, you'll know that it's a certain period throughout the year where we get most of our, our booking inquiries. And I missed out on that because, number one, I didn't have the time to answer every Mm-mm. single email as they came True. in. And it just, it really wasn't on my radar. So I'm sure that's just so daunting to think about you're trying to keep this human alive. You're trying to keep yourself alive and you both have struggled through something and you're like, oh, but let me also like respond to you about the happiest day of your life and like all logistics and and how how exhausting our jobs are already. I can't even imagine having that and going through that. People honestly don't give a shit about like out of office like responders. Like they don't care that you're on maternity leave. They don't. It's now, 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 Mm -hmm. now in our our society. So that also adds the pressure like when you're already burnt out and then you have all of this additional pressure it makes you want to shut down even more so anyways so I'm it all worked out so I was so freaked out about not having a lot of business I was panicked like what does this mean for my my business will I ever get it back up and running Mm -hmm. um and actually it turned out to be I don't want to say this word usually but it turned out to be a blessing and I was able to kind of take a step back and really prioritize what I want to do with my business Mm -hmm. and now my business is like bitchin like i've got bitchin <laughs> my rebrand is right around the corner i love it um you i'm know, so excited i'm for excited you about that. um it was able to kind of tell me like who i'm going to be working with like the mm-hmm. vendors i want to work with mm-hmm. the clientele that i really want to strive to work with and yeah. like i can be a little bit more exclusive you have a clear path i think too right because and again i'm not saying that everything happens for a reason i think that's a very dangerous sentiment that people kind of throw around and i think that sometimes shitty things just happen but I do love the fact that we've already talked about your origin story with your business and how you maybe in the past few years haven't been like fully ready to embrace what it could be. I mean, you've done great, but you've always had this little thing in the back of your mind like, oh, that's the thing. And you had to go through this horribly traumatic experience, but it allowed you to say, okay, wait a second what am I doing? And, and again, I don't think if, I think if you hadn't had those complications, even if you still gave birth to Finn and everything was fine, I don't think that you would have had the ability to say, okay, I'm going to shift gears now because mm-hmm. you're, you're in it and it's hard to, to make decisions on things when you're in the mix, right. you know? Absolutely. So this thing happened, which was a terrible thing, um, which of course is, it's all happy now for the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's still obviously lasting effects of that, but um, for for that to happen and for it to force you to stop and say, okay, I'm burned out. Let me reassess and let mm-hmm. me start over again. Sometimes that's what people need, and I think, you know? Yeah, and I, I mean, 100%. I think, too, as a society, we hear the term burnout and, like, we have this, like, strike of fear. But sure. I think, too, it's also just, it can be a really good opportunity to reassess where your yeah. business is. And redirect. And we're going to talk about, you know, the signs of what you might be seeing beforehand. Um, but I don't really want you guys to be like, oh, shit, like, I'm getting burnt out. I think it's also a good opportunity for you to look at it as, okay, well, maybe this is another chance to figure out where I'm at. Yeah. Shift gears. Shift gears. And well, and also to, to learn a little bit about yourself, too. Mm-hmm. You don't know going into this how much you can take on. Right. You don't know until you've taken it on. So it's really dangerous to get to the point where you're losing your mind. Mm-hmm. Try to get to the point where you kind of foresee, you can foreshadow that happening. Right. And then you can say, oops, that's the direction I'm going. I don't want to go in that way. Mm-hmm. Let me back up a little bit. 
I think too, a lot of it is that we, um, the comparison game is strong. You see her on Instagram oh, and yeah. those, those nine little boxes and you're like, well, this person's mm-hmm. killing it. They're mm-hmm. doing project after project after project. I have to keep up. And I really, I'm imploring you guys to not do that to yourselves. Yeah. Um, I think that is one sure sure way to, to become yeah, burnt out. Yeah, to completely destroy your brain, um, too. Yeah, you'll end up with 40 shots of espresso every day. Hey, that's how I survive. That's no, right. just kidding. I don't. I don't. Um, it's, it's just travel-based. Yeah. It's just travel and, like, no. I'm, I'm, Wedding I'll, season. I'll be good tomorrow. I'm not yeah. going to take any. Take. I said, I, I'm not going to take any coffee tomorrow. <laughs> I said, jeez. Just going to inject it right into Whew, That's how I do it, intravenously. But so, anyways, what the whole long tangent about, you know, my burnout experience, I, I'm just bringing it up because I think, too, as as even though we're talking about signs that burnout is approaching, I also want you guys to understand that it can happen at any time. Yes. So for those of you that, you know, it does maybe, it's kind of like that that lurking shadow in the background and it's it's coming up and you can kind of just tell that things aren't right. Mm-hmm. What, what are some of like the signs maybe that you might be approaching a burnout? Rachel, do you have any that... Um, I think for me, like I experienced a good deal of burnout last year. Um, and I remember for me, it was, I host these supper clubs with a group of girlfriends that I love very dearly. And we did it once a month. Um, but basically I host, I, you know, we do kind of potluck style, but I was like hosting, I was cleaning, I was decorating, I was doing centerpieces, I was creating the main course It's crazy. once a month for like, you know, 10 to 12 people. I mean, that's like Thanksgiving every month. It was Thanksgiving every month. And now putting it that way, 100% (laughs) is what it was. And it was the most exhausting, but it was also, I was doing it, you know, again, I did it. I think I had like, I think I came back from out of town and then I had a doubleheader wedding weekend and then I had supper club. And I was like, in my mind, I'm like, oh yeah, I can handle, I can handle anything. And it wasn't until supper club. I think it was actually our Halloween supper club. I don't think it was our Thanksgiving one, but, um, I remember just being like, like, n- like really negative and like looking at the people around me and just being like, oh, I'm sick of shit. And I love these women. These are incredible, wonderful people. And I remember being kind of snappy. And in the back of my mind this whole time, I'm like, what is wrong with me? Like, why am I being so reactive to things? And it's because my, I was so exhausted and I was so just overwhelmed that my brain was just not functioning properly I was like these people like it's I I wasn't enjoying it I remember I sat down I talked to Sean about it and he was like yeah but like because I was I was like I just really I was complaining about it and everything else he was like yeah but you need to like take a step back you you do this not because of whatever reason you're doing this because your friends are there you're doing it for them so like you being resentful to them for this doesn't make any sense and I was like yeah yeah, that's totally right. But I was so burned out that I wasn't the, the people that are really important to me and the people that I care about and the things that I care about, I was reacting negatively to. And it wasn't just like sacrificing time with friends and family. It wasn't just like, you know, falling out of love and stuff. It was like a combination of things. I was just like becoming a really angry mm-hmm. person. And it was after that, that I really had to take a step back and be like, okay, I realize something's going on here. I'm burned out. I've got stuff happening. Um, what, like, what does that mean? So that was a big thing for me. I realized was just being short with people. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. But there's also other things that I've I've had along the way too. What do you think is your your biggest like surefire indicator? Um, for me, I end up 
not um it's like a avoidance basically um i might avoid yeah um and i'm i will tell you i'm really bad at this um i avoid text messages like the plague oh, i'm not feeling yeah. well or if i'm tired text and emails don't emails too um but for me it's like text messages typically because i have an honestly i'm not that great at answering them because i'm normally running around after yeah you're usually a driving and driving, i'm yep, uh-huh. working but like when I like I will go days before I answer people or with emails. Sure. It might take me a little bit longer to like even muster up the courage to open my computer. Oh yeah, um, it's a it's a brave thing yeah. going into my email every morning. Yeah, and so like th- I mean it's hard anyways, right? It's hard, and then just like just if everything feels so daunting and so challenging, and it it just feels like you have all of this weight on you um, when you just need that time to kind of decompress. And I for me like. I am, um, I'm an introvert, <laughs> like through and through. I can certainly hold a conversation with somebody as long as we're talking about something that I'm passionate about, but like, I'm not going to go out and talk to somebody randomly. Like you'll find me in the corner, like snuggling with a dog at a party. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I'm just not the type of person who really wants to engage, um, in general, which is funny as a wedding planner, because, mm-hmm. you know, you would think you need to be more of a, an extrovert, but yeah. I, I just prefer to connect personally with a sure. few people. Sure. So like my clients, I get really connected yeah. to, um, but I'm just like not that person in general. So it takes me, I need to recover. So when you talk about like recovering after a project or an right. event, I also need just to recover like mentally. Sure. So it's not just my body is tired. I need to recover like whatever. But the mental I think is even more important. Yeah. You you don't realize how much stress you're under. I I mean, I always joke after ceremony for me, oh, I can breathe again. Oh, absolutely. Like I forget to breathe while that's going on. I like, I'm almost like a robot. My whole soul focus and entire existence is based on this ceremony happening in a perfect way. After that, of course, there's lots of stuff that still needs to get but done. But like the important thing is But done, that right? is the thing. Yeah. yeah. And all eyes are on, on the couple and all eyes are like, that's the thing that's like the most um, noticeable if something mm-hmm. happens. People will notice at that moment. And they'll moment, remember right? it. Yeah, yeah. Like if, if you planned on, you know, having toasts at 8.30 and they really don't go until 8.45, nobody knows that. Right. But like they know on the invitation, 5.30 ceremony and uh, it's 5.45, what's happening? Or mm-hmm. they notice, oh, like the groomsmen are coming out of the wrong, they don't know where to go. It, right. So that's like for me, um, what I realized was like the, I can breathe after that, right. you know, but, but you're, you're. The, the amount of stress and thoughts that go on on a regular day doing that anyways alone is mm-hmm. insane. Right. And so I think when you're burnt out, like, I think it just takes that extra effort to really kind of eventually yeah. bounce back. Yeah. And this is, like, across the creative field altogether. I mean, we're constantly, you know, looking at our work, um, overanalyzing everything. Um, I think perfection, that word is going to come up a lot. I think a lot of yes. us... Um, in every single field, you know, what we're putting out, like we're making this, these things with our hearts. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. And it's hard when things don't go our way. And it, it, it's crazy too, because I think that we're all artists, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I feel like, you know, when you look at, at Van Gogh or any of like the, tor- I, I also believe that you can, I, this is a terrible detrimental way of thinking, but I think that the tortured artists are sometimes the best. Sure. And, you know, you look at like Van Gogh who was severely depressed and had tons of emotional mental issues his whole life. Um, his work now we look at and we're like, oh my God, that's like the pinnacle. That's mm-hmm. like what people hang in every single home. Like everyone knows these, these works of art by him. But during his lifetime, 
he had no idea. He was so unaware of his greatness. And I think that we also experience that where we're like, oh, like we see the back end and we see this and we see mm -hmm. the process getting there. And then by the time it happens, like it's fine. But like, you're just so thankful that it's fine that you're like, okay, keep on moving. And I think a lot of the burnout comes from our inner fears of failure, mm -hmm. how we're basically like, I've got to go, 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 go. Right. If I'm staying, again, going back to the staying busy thing, mm -hmm. if I'm staying busy, that must mean I'm being successful. Right. We're meeting that, like, I don't want to say quota, but like that threshold. Right. Whatever in your brain you've set for yourself. Mm -hmm. If you're busy running around, you think that you're successful. And again, that is not, that is not right. Um, so what else do you think for you kind of helps you understand your approaching part? Like what are some other symptoms that you've experienced or that, or that you've seen in other people? Um, um, yeah. So I think too, like, like I mentioned, it's very similar, I think to say like to signs of depression, mm -hmm. um, which I think a lot of us as artists, Whew. um, in yeah. any creative field probably, you know, have struggled with that or are struggling with yeah, that. Yeah, a lot, a lot of us um, have. I think, you know not only, I, I think we have it written down here, you know, besides avoidance, but like neglecting certain things. So yes. neglecting relationships and neglecting responsibilities. Um, responsibilities. Mm -hmm. So I mm -hmm. know like a personal story. Um, I, I had one of my best friends um, who I'm still great friends with. And we actually got into a bit of a tiff because she's like, you know, I had a baby too. And I never, Oof. you know, like you just avoided me. You didn't talk to me. And I yeah. wanted to be like, well, you know, I was also dealing with this, um, yeah. and it wasn't worth us fighting about, but like, I, I didn't, I did neglect that relationship because sure. I just didn't have it in me yeah. to see that, that person. Um, I was pretty much a, a recluse during my sure. pregnancy. Like I was mm -hmm. so sick and like the only thing I had energy for was dealing with my clients and that was kind of it. You yeah. hear about, um, I'm sure you've heard about spoons, like having enough spoons to get through the day. Have you heard of that? Mm-mm. Tell me more. So, so it's just like a um, kind of a, a term, like not a term, but like a, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. But so they say people with maybe with Parkinson's or multiple sclerosis, you you ha only have so much energy sure. to make it through the day. And mm -hmm. if you visualize those, the energy that you have as spoons. So maybe when you wake up, it takes a spoon to get out of bed and shower. Mm. Um, it takes a spoon to open up your inbox. Yeah. It takes a spoon It takes to, like a couple spoons to open my inbox, right? I think. But, but no, yes. for real. And so like yeah. you're, you're on limited spoonage. We'll just say that, right? <laughs> I okay, spoonage. change the title of this, this episode to unlimited spoonage. Which with Alexander featuring Alexander Skarsgård's so, washboard abs. But to make it through the day, right? Like maybe you won't end up with enough spoons to get through the day. Yeah. And so for me, you know, and when I'm burnt out, um, I barely have enough energy to like get out get of out bed. Of bed. Yeah. It's just existing kind of hurts. Just existing. Yeah. yeah. For real. And like, you know, I, I, and I will tell you, like I've had some relationships, like thank God for that person, even though like we talked about it like I don't think she ever really understood exactly and nobody's going to understand exactly mm -hmm. what you're going through because they're not you exactly so um for me you know I kind of just was like eh, I shrugged and said you know she's never going to understand what I went through but I understand that her feelings are hurt because I sure. wasn't able to talk to her like sure whatever her she's important to me I'll mm -hmm. I'll suck it up and make it work even though I could have fought, you know, tooth and nail. They'd yeah. Be like, hey, well, yeah. I, I think went through any, a fucking lot. Exactly. Anything in your situation, anyone in your situation could have been like, well, this is the thing that happened and this is who defines who I am now. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so incredibly strong for you to basically be like, yes, this horrible thing happened to me. However, I'm not going to let that be an mm -hmm. excuse for my life. Right. And I'm going to keep going and I'm going to stop and say, you know what? Yeah, I was dealing with a lot of stuff and I do have a reason for this. Mm -hmm. However... 
I, you know, how another person feels doesn't necessarily equate to what I've been going through. Right. So I have to still kind of step outside of myself. Right. And, and, and it was that. hard because, I mean, I still don't agree with how we, we ended that conversation. I of course. Sure. I still think my child almost dying is more important than me um, seeing somebody. Absolutely. And I would agree with you 100%. Yeah. And, you know, everybody's going through something difficult. You know, I hate how people compare their difficulties Mm -hmm. because it's not going to be the same. But anyways, so, you know, I do think that things do suffer when you are burnt out. And Mm -hmm. I think it's important to try to get ahead of it if you can. Yeah. Um, And otherwise you're going to end up like me and you're going to have some troubled relationships because of things that were out of your control. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So on that note, I think it's really important to now talk about obviously how to, how to fix it when you get burnt out or how to avoid it altogether. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, Number one, um, knowing when and how to properly scale back on things and how Mm -hmm. to, again, going back to time management, knowing how to not give all of yourself to something like, you know, I obviously we've talked about this before. I'm one of the leaders in Rising Tide Society. And last month, our topic was self-care and a big kind of theme for that was, so one of the quotes that I have that I posted into my group was, um, self-care is giving giving people the best of you, not what's left of you. Ooh, I like that. All right. And I think that that was, um, that was a really strong statement because I think that we're all very guilty of saying like, oh, well, yeah, I can squeeze this in at this point. And like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not available that day, but like I can squeeze it in on this day. And, and like every now and then that's fine being able to squeeze something in. But when it gets to the point where you're literally everything you're squeezing into your schedule, that's when you I think are kind of at a higher risk of that burnout when you're basically like, well, I can't do this for three and a half weeks. I've got this going on, but I have a break between travel or I have a break between events or whatever it is. So I can, I can do this at that point. I think, and this goes back to also my Enneagram type, which I Mm -hmm. think is really fun. Um, Being able to be alone with yourself and not have to fill your time um, that was like a self-care tip for my Enneagram is like not having to do five tasks at once and have a million things going on, which I am still learning how to do. I'm still learning how to be very present in the moment. Um, and that's another thing I think is really big for the burnout. Like I think we tend to gloss over experiences. And so when we intentionally try to be very inside of ourselves and aware of the moments that we're in. Um, I think that can help a lot because we don't realize what we're doing to ourselves until we get to that point where we're like, Oh my God, I just woke up and all of a sudden my head is spinning and I'm insanely busy right now. I think being self-aware and taking that step back is again, the biggest thing. Um, and learning how to relax and learning like what, what it is that you do to decompress, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's, meditation or if it's going for a walk or if it's like watching a funny movie everybody has a different way of decompressing and Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to know that of course there's a balance and there's just like with anything you know too much of a good thing obviously but knowing when to say okay I'm going to have a Netflix day or I'm going to take a day to actually not look at my emails and not schedule a meeting or do a walkthrough or whatever, recognizing that and saying, this is going to be my care day is really, really, really important. Setting those personal boundaries, talking about that. Um, 
I think it's important as an entrepreneur to be setting those boundaries, not just for yourself, but for your clients. I think a lot of us, um, at least for me, when I started um, having things pick up, I was overextending myself. Um, and that kind of goes yep. into our next point about quality over quantity. And this yeah. is something that like, I mean, it's like if Linny had a slogan, mm -hmm. that would be it. Mm -hmm. um, I firmly believe that talking about myself in third person is also good. Um, I, firmly I mean, we already talked, I already talked about a whole system that I, I created, so <laughs> it's fine. So I think quality, you know, I think to, you know, when I finally hit that great year, I was working with all of these amazing clients, but I was able to take on fewer clients because they were more of my ideal clients. Mm -hmm. So I know obviously that's not always going to be the option um, as you're growing your business, but you know, when you get to the point where you're kind of reaching that burnout stage, it's a good option um, to kind of reassess how many projects to take on, Yep. what type of projects to take on, um, how maybe this is indicative that you might need to be pricing yourself differently. Sure. And we'll yep. get into that um, in another day. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, quality over quantity. And, and I can't stress that enough. So maybe stop taking on all of those jobs that are driving you nuts and running yeah. you ragged. Well, I think it's it, with that is being okay and not afraid to say no to right. things. I think oh my gosh, saying yes. no is probably one of the biggest, the most powerful no. things you can do. Yeah. The power of no, the power of no is real. Um, being able to stop and say, you know what? I can't do that because I just don't have time for it or right. I just don't have the mental capacity to deal with that is really, truly something mm -hmm. that I think I know I need to get better at it, but I'm getting better at it. Mm -hmm. um, and it, that goes with establishing those boundaries. You may have people that you love and you really want to do things with, but like, it's just not good for you at this moment. Right. And you have to be okay with setting those boundaries mm -hmm. because that's the only way that you do figure out what your limit is. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's this, this industry is constantly testing boundaries. It's constantly figuring out, okay, when, how much can I handle on this day? How little can I handle on this day? Am I going to be able to do this because of X, Y, Z? Or do I need to kind of come back from whatever? So I think that that's, that's another really big thing. Don't be afraid to say no. If you are saying no to going out to drinks with a girlfriend, your girlfriends will still be there when you get back. And if, and if they're not there, then they're not your girlfriends. Right. Um, your clients, if you have to say no to the wrong client um, or the wrong creative partner or the wrong whatever, other clients are going to be there also. And, you know, it's, it's something that I had to learn along the way that, especially when I had raised my prices, um, that I was unfortunately priced out of a lot of really lovely people's weddings that while I would love to work with them, I know that I would have to do, you know, 50 weddings to actually make money and be able to pay my team and pay my taxes and, you know, all the, the typical office supplies, things like that. So, you know, we have to realize that saying no isn't always going to be fun. No. Um, but it, but a lot of times it is very necessary. Oh, 100%. I think, you know, you, you bring a good point. Um, I'm, I'm very thankful because I kind of set those boundaries with myself a few years ago mm -hmm. because yeah, I was not able, it wasn't sustainable. It was making my business not fun. I wasn't sure. having a good time. I was taking on all of these, um, these clients and I decided, you know what, like this isn't my ideal client. I don't want to do this project. Yeah. I'm just going to say no. And you know what? It sucks. And, and you feel bad. You do because... feel bad because they're reaching out to you for a certain reason, yeah. but you know, Honestly, it's the best thing for me. And honestly, also for them, because if I did take them on as a client... You wouldn't be doing your best. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, again, quality over quantity for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, I think those are so some good options. And again, we'll talk more about pricing yourself into, um, I don't want to say comfort, but where you need to be. Where you need to be, yeah. To help alleviate Because you shouldn't be, you know, where you are at year one and where you are at year five or year 20 are Mm -hmm. completely different places Mm -hmm. um, in business, just in experience level, of course, and then also in pricing as well. So figuring out that sweet spot, I, you know... We were talking about this before. I'm never going to tell anybody exactly where they need to be. I will. Sh- I'm happy to share my experiences and my stories of things like that. But uh, you know, everybody has to figure out for themselves what works mm-hmm. um, and what doesn't work, and that's a lot of trial and error. It and is. We'll, we'll definitely get into that um, on another episode. I'm yeah. sure. So I think. I mean, I think we've kind of touched base on everything. Um, yeah. You know about this. So if you have questions about burnout, kind of how to get out of that mm-hmm. rut if you're in it, uh, maybe tips on how to avoid. It. Hopefully, you listen yeah. to this whole podcast. And you yeah, some good meditation to, music, yeah. maybe a good yoga. Get some yawning on. Yeah, yawning. <laughs> maybe oh, some Enya. Man. Oh, God. Enya, Anya is like the freaking uh, the soundtrack of my childhood. My mom <laughs> always listened to that. Kenny G, also. Ooh, Kenny G. Whitney Houston, um, oh. Phil Collins. I mean, everything that oh my was God, early Phil 90s. Collins. Just like soft rock. Draw me a bubble bath, right? Let's get this <gasps> I on. I can feel it. Mm hmm. Oh my God, girl, mm-hmm. girl. Oh, I should yeah. have like what's? That? I know I was gonna like tap on the desk, but yeah, I'm not gonna tap on the So burnout is real. Um, it's really real. You know, please try to take the steps to avoid it if you can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, recognize the steps before they hit you if you yeah. can. Um, and if not, well, then we are here to help you kind of make it yeah. through that. So yeah. if you guys have any questions, go work ahead hard, and relax hard, everybody. That's yeah. what I always say. Relax real hard. I do. Frankie says relax. Frankie says. Chill the fuck out. That's right. <laughs> so if you have any questions, just shoot them over to us at effedupsuccesses at gmail.com. Yes. Follow along with our journey on Instagram at effed.up.successes. Mm-hmm. And we hope that you have enjoyed this lovely session with us. And we hope you had fun. We'll hopefully be back to talk about more fun things. Yeah. Listen to this while relaxing in the yeah. bubble bath and, you know, doing some meditation. Thinking put a face mask on. Alexander Sarsgaard. Oh, yeah. So yeah in the bubble bath. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. Do some stretches. Drink a smoothie. Take a walk. Get those muscles moving. That's so important. Mm-hmm. Um, but do some do something for yourself in honor of this episode. Go out there. Take a step back. You know, Take a deep breath, and uh, we'll see you on the flip side. Thanks.